0: Begin today's episode of the Mental Health Podcast. We have a short message. In anticipation of the huge app launch, Tally has decided to record the Tally Talk podcast. The mental health startup hosts weekly anonymous conversations around society's most stigmatized subjects. The Tally Talk podcast gives people with lived experiences the opportunity to speak openly, honestly, and freely on hard-hitting topics such as sexual abuse, addiction and abortion, all while staying anonymous. Dive into the Tally Talk podcast today and check out this year's most exciting mental health startup as featured in Forbes magazine by searching tally.app on all other platforms, streaming and social media platforms. Thank you for listening and the episode will now begin. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Podcast. This is our second season and uh, unlike the first season, we'll be having anonymous guests on this time um, just to try and nurture some, just to try and, uh, you know, allow for even more authenticity and openness with our discussions. Um, Today we'll be looking at counselling and therapy and how other mental health services can help, you know, in your fight against uh, anything ranging from, just a you know, state of sadness, anxiety to more, much more serious and severe mental health disorders, um, such as BPD and other disorders, which we've previously covered in the podcast. Um, f- the three questions we'll be focusing on today with our guest will be: firstly, were there anything's holding you back from getting help at first? And then we'll move on, zooming out as usual. How can we create an environment? where it is the expected thing for men to be able to access mental health support when they need it. And then lastly, making it a lot more personal to everyone listening in. Um, if someone listening in is really struggling with their mental health right now, what can they do practically to access help for themselves? And now, as I said, we've got an anonymous guest and he'll be talking about his experiences. Um, going through, you know, counselling and using mental health services in this country. Um, But as usual, we also look at the statistics and we also try to link, you know, our answers and our own experiences with what science is saying. So according to Statistica.org, it was estimated that 11.2% of US men received mental health treatment or counselling at some point in the last year. Um, And that's very significant because obviously looking at other stats, we can see that 80% of suicides are men uh, men, and also that in many other quarters of society, men are disproportionately (laughs) affected by mental health. So there's obviously a disparity there between men being affected by mental health and then trying to access help. Uh, In addition to that, three in four men would feel like a burden and one in two would blame themselves if they suffered from a mental health disorder such as depression. And that's from Heads Up Guys. Um, so yeah, I think we're, we're going to look at the first question. Um, firstly, so personally, uh, what would you say if there were, what would you say were the main things holding you back from getting help at first? Uh,
1: very first time I got help, I was quite fortunate in the fact that my situation was horrific. especially um, weird as that sounds um, because my father had committed suicide I was put into counselling in school immediately I was no question about it I was in year four at the time like eight years old so I didn't have to be told I didn't realize what was going on but then later in secondary school I got help when I was struggling a lot again with the same kind of feelings surrounding the whole subject Uh, and it's kind of it was almost embarrassing because you have to admit something's wrong to start with, uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because if you've broken your leg, you're not going to try and hide it from everyone saying, no, I'm fine and walk it off because you can't. And I think we should have the same attitude towards mental health and seeking help with that because it shouldn't be embarrassing. We don't have, you know, a reason not to do it. It's always going to be helpful. Um, yeah, I think embarrassment was a huge one because you have to kind of then realise that I'm now admitting I need help. And as a man, we often like to think we can do everything on our own.
0: Yeah, definitely. Do Do you think that embarrassment was coming from a place of sort of just how you saw yourself? Or do you think maybe it was coming from what other people would think, you know, if you told them? or if they asked you know where where are you going this afternoon or whatever and you had to say oh i'm going counseling do you think that's where the embarrassment was coming from
1: yeah i think it was the fact that because it was in a secondary school and people were wise enough to know that if mm. you're getting taken out mid lesson something's more important than maths uh, and to schools nothing's more important than maths so
0: <laughs> yeah
1: you you have uh, i i felt like i had to lie at first and say i was picking up a um instrument lesson i think i told people i was learning how to play the guitar so like I could say, I've got a music lesson that I'm going to. Uh, and then I slowly started saying, like, oh, I'm actually going to counseling and stuff now. Because they were like, can you play the guitar? And then they tried making me play and stuff. And I couldn't. Obviously, that life fell through real quick. Um, but they were really supportive in the end. They were like, oh, it's calm. Like, you do you. You get get the help you need. And yeah, and then it kind of made it a lot easier after that, knowing that no one really cares. If that's the right way of putting it, no one was against me getting help. Everyone was kind of for it, and when it came to it, they knew that they could be there, and they didn't have to like try and be the counsellor for me. They they could just say, "Have you considered going and seeing them again today?"
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think I think that's the thing. It's it's almost like the the um the thoughts of how people are going to react. Is always like a billion times worse than how they actually do react. Because, I mean, yeah, even sort of, um, I guess in my case, when I first got counselling again, this was probably only, you know, this is probably only within the last two years. So a lot sort of later on. Um, and again, yeah, everyone sort of, you know, if, if they're saying, "Oh, do you want to meet up today?" and say, "No, no, sorry, I'm busy," you know, people might be a bit curious and say, "Oh, you know, what's up? What was you know, what what are you doing?" and and yeah, at first. I think for me, definitely as well, I didn't really want to admit to, it. I didn't really want to say, oh, I've got a counselling session booked in, you know, um, it's it's not the same as saying, oh, you know, I'm going to watch a football or something like that's just sort of, you know, you bat an eyelid. So, okay, great. But then, you know, obviously human nature, we're curious, people like to pry. Um, but yeah, a hundred percent I've had nothing but like positive um, responses, people like encouraging me to actually, um, you know if I'm going through a tough time to go back to counselling things like that so yeah 100% I think how people actually view it just need to be made a lot more sort of mainstream rather than all these false creations in our heads all these all, all these sort of worries and doubts that, that aren't true um, but yeah would, would so would you say for yourself after After telling people and and after just being you know open with it and and seeing their good reaction did that sort of bring a lot of relief um and and like reduce a lot of your sort of worry and doubt would you say
1: definitely once you realize what people are actually thinking it stops you from you know doing that yourself because my my thoughts always were like oh what do these people think about me are they going to think less am i you know now some sort of problem child that people won't talk to but Once you realise what they're actually thinking, it's really quite relieving because the reaction from most people is either supportive or they just don't care, which is equally as good for me because, you know, they're not against it and not going to cause any more problems there.
0: Yeah, definitely. And um, I think when we say people not caring, it's obviously they care about us as individuals, but the idea of someone going to counselling doesn't really do you know what I mean? It just doesn't really warrant a response. It doesn't need to. Yeah, it doesn't change their
1: opinion on you. It doesn't change anything like they Just remain neutral, which is always nice.
0: Yeah, I think that's where I think that's where um, where the problem is, because especially in sort of uh, friendship groups that are entirely male. And, you know, I mean, I've definitely experienced where I, I think even back in like sixth form, even back in part in in times during secondary school, if I was getting counselling back then, I definitely wouldn't have been comfortable, you know, bringing bringing it up. Um, and but again, it's through unfounded worries, based on what I've seen in sort of the media, um, you know, what society tells us as men is the right way to act. You know, um, being macho, not not showing not showing emotion because for some reason emotion has now been associated um, with weakness in men. Uh, But yeah, honestly, for for anyone, for anyone listening uh, who is getting counselling and, you know, maybe sometimes your friends are asking like what you're doing and stuff. As soon as you feel comfortable, as soon as you're in a place where, yeah, you feel, you feel sort of, you know, I guess healed enough or, or like in a place of stability that you can tell them, like, honestly, I can, obviously I can't 100% reassure, but like, I'm, you know, very confident that they'll react much better than you'd ever expect. And I don't know if you'd agree with this, but I, I think the best way that the, the, you know, the best way to sort of approach that situation is probably in a one on one conversation. Um It's certainly not something, you know, that you'd run into the middle of the group and be like, guys, <laughs> I've got counselling, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like it's definitely something where it's better, you know, maybe choosing one of your friends who is, you know, the most trusted or one of your closest friends and then just putting them aside somewhere private and just being like, you know, listen, mate, I've I've not actually been, you know, leaving school for tutoring or whatever. It's actually been, you know, counselling and this is why I did it or whatever. Because um, even that one conversation uh, can honestly bring so much relief um yeah definitely uh so yeah
1: i think we kind of underestimate the male emotional intelligence yeah like we all play this kind of macho game and try and act like we're something but when we get confronted with facts like a friend might be going through something emotionally hard for them to deal with you know most people i've met have been very good at you know drawing the line and saying like Oh, okay, this is something that I should you know take into consideration, and it's not actually that bad for me. I don't have to make any jokes about this certain thing, and we all can we all know where the line is drawn once we get told, yeah, but I think if we don't know, obviously how are we gonna draw the lines
0: hundred percent yeah, um and yeah, that leads on that leads on really nicely actually to the second question, which is sort of in a more general sense so say for example we have an inkling you know that one of our one of our friends is going through something you know pretty awful how can we create an environment um, where it will be expected or encouraged for that individual to access mental health support would you say
1: it's a difficult one i think we need Mm. to look at mental health the same way we do physical health again if you was playing with football with a mate and you've watched them roll their ankle or something, you're not going to walk past it and act like they haven't done that. You're going to check on them. You're going to see, like, do we need to take this a step further? Do we need to call an ambulance or something, get them checked out? Because it's really easy to spot that we should help people in physical pain and going through physical issues. And I think we should be just as open to mental health issues. If you know your friend has had a relative pass away or is really struggling with say an exam period in school like where they're, you know you feel like they're constantly leaving you to revise just just checking on them say like you're right mate how you doing um and just give them space to talk i think we need to learn that sometimes we can open up the question but if they don't want to talk there's not much more we can do just let them know that you're there for them and if you do know of any services that are local or you think it's getting bad enough you can just gently encourage them like hey if you're in school you know go and see this teacher who can send you to the right place or if you're an adult like you always can check out the gp and just let them know that that's there for them and then they can choose whether to take it on their own or not
0: yeah and i I think it's it's a good it's a really good point you raise there because if you've broken your leg you're not just going to try and hide it but that is what a lot of people do with mental health um, issues that they're facing. And going back to the statistics, if only 11% of men are receiving mental health treatment and we have 80% of suicides, you know, being male, there's obviously a really big disparity of people not... the the, the You know, the mental health support, although it's not great, you know, I've got my opinions on that and how little the government funds it, but it is, it is there. Um, and it's obviously... Not being used by certain groups of people who really would benefit from it, um, and it, it, I, I, I do, I definitely agree. I think it is very similar. Um, we would obviously be extremely worried if only, uh, say, for example, only twenty percent of people who break their leg actually go to hospital for it. <laughs> you know, you'd have a, you'd have an absolute epidemic of people with, you know, continued you know breaking their leg then it becomes more complicated then it spirals and then um, it just get absolutely crazy and that's what's happened with mental health that's why especially with men I think now we're seeing you know uh, for example I mean over the pandemic I think there's been a 200% increase in mental health disorders in this country and yeah I mean we, we can obviously see that it's it is it always has been, and I think it will take a long time for this to change. But mental health has always, always been seen, I think, as almost inferior to physical health. Um, and again, simply because with mental health, you can try and hide it, and you can, and and the signs aren't as obvious. Um, obviously, as kids, we've been brought up seeing, you know, being taught first aid, being taught how to conduct like CPR, especially with sort of what happened, I guess, with you know, Christian Erickson and, you know, thank God that he 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 did recover. But things like that we are taught from very early on, but we're never taught. I don't think I was I ever had a lesson on how to look out for signs of depression, you know, in your friends and things like that. Um and the truth is that, you know, suicide is a leading cause of death for men aged between twenty five and forty nine. Um, which is an extremely worrying stat. But it's just so twisted because if it's a leading cause of death then surely we should be putting the most resources behind trying to prevent it um but that obviously isn't happening so yeah i think from my perspective i guess trying to create an environment for your friends where you know it always takes one person um to sort of you know break the mold or or to break to break certain barriers so if no one's talking about mental health then just try it you know the, the nothing nothing bads gonna happen and what I find what I think you'll find is that people are so much more receptive to it than you ever thought they would be and it's it's increasing is the, the support for mental health awareness especially amongst you know young men for example is is increasing pretty much every single day but like I said this this is an issue that really needs to start getting. You know, really starts to, need to get sorted at the root, and and I do think, I mean, obviously there's stuff that we as individuals can do, but within schools, within the education sector, there really should be, there really should be a way that students can be taught from a really early age how to look out for, like I said, signs um, of mental health disorders, certain triggers that could, you know, worsen um, someone's mental health because there's just such a lack of there's just such a lack of um knowledge out there. I mean, you've got the internet, but it's not the it's not the best source most <laughs> you know, it's not the best source most of the time. Um you know, I
1: try and avoid the internet when looking for any sort of health advice because it usually tells you you're going to die soon. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think if, even if we had like like sex ed, you know, one class every year or so just saying, you know, this is this is what you should be looking out for as you said teaching you the symptoms so you can check yourself and see am I all there mentally am I starting to slip Uh, and in those classes obviously you can look at where to go if you feel like it is getting bad for you
0: yeah I mean my some some of the sex ed classes we had to go through were quite interesting I think one of them we had to put like a condom on a cucumber and I mean I think it'd be a lot more helpful in my in my humble opinion you know, to have mental health classes replacing that because, you know, I, I obviously both both are needed, but um, you can't uh, again if if for young people, for young men, if something's a leading cause and it's not even nothing else is close. I think I think car crashes and, and car incidents may be the second closest, um, but there's such a gap between that and you know. Um, yeah, like suicides. I mean, it really needs to be taken, I think, a lot more seriously. And yeah, like you said, even one class every term or something like that, um, I, I think would, you know, would help massively. Um, yeah, I, and I mean, looking at the other the other stats we've got here, so three and four men would feel like a burden and one in two uh, would blame themselves if they suffered from mental health. And that's in the context of, you know, their friendship groups, the people around them, their family and friends. So therefore, I think it's actually, it's not, only, it's not only an issue with sort of mental health and specific mental health disorders. I don't know about you, but I feel like it's it's also a much wider issue of sort of self-esteem and, and sort of how men see themselves. Um, I definitely think toxic masculinity and, you know, this idea of being, a big, strong, macho man who doesn't show any emotional tears. That's something that I think, even in our own friendship groups and stuff, we can try and break down. Um, I don't know if you agree with that.
1: I fully agree with it. I think there needs to be a lot of this let let men just be men, not try and force them to fit any example. You know, you're no less of a man if you don't like sports. You're no less of a man if you're interested in something that's stereotypically female you know you are just as much of a man and just as valid and i think if if we could just take that in the personal lives and we don't have to have any any level of manliness to you know accept people because you don't you don't want to feel like a burden on your friends because you know oh, i don't want to go watch the football with them they don't like me because i don't share these same passions we can't talk about you know, whatever's going on that's quote-unquote manly. You know, you're not a burden, and I think you're not a burden on mental health service either. Like one of the counsellors I spoke to outside of a session, they said they'd much rather spend an hour talking to someone who thinks they need it rather than, you know, having an extra hour on break because they don't have any more clients for the day. Like you're never going to actually be a burden on someone whose job it is to talk to you and help you through whatever you're going through doctors wouldn't consider you a burden for going to the gp to check up on any of your injuries or things going on with that they don't consider you a burden if you're checking up on your mental health either like we're not burdens we might add to a system that's stressed but we're not burdens because the more people that go and get help the more they're going to realize this system needs to be boosted up and have more assistance in it
0: i couldn't have put that couldn't put that better yeah um Uh, definitely and i I think i agree with you there as well because i mean even for one of the counselors that i had he again he was so receptive to trying to make space make time um even occasionally going you know after hours of his usual working day to try and accommodate and again i think um A lot of the preconceptions surrounding mental health services and things like that is, oh, it's not worth it. Nothing's going to change people. You know, the people in those services don't care when that's entirely wrong. The people within those services, within the NHS, um, private counsellors, even I'd go so far as I think counsellors within um, sort of universities and schools, They really really do care about you and and they the last thing they see you is the last view they have of you is as a is you know as a burden as someone who's wasting their time um someone who's using up hours could be spent with you know i put in quote marks here but more severe you know um more severe severely affected students um because at the end of the day if you're suffering from mental health, you're suffering from mental health and there are dif- differing degrees of that, but you can only react in a way to an issue when it's personalized to you. Um, so if you've had a very, very stable, sheltered upbringing, nothing's gone wrong. And then out of nowhere, you know, you start feeling really depressed and things like that. That's just as valid as, you know, anything else. And like I said, the system doesn't, the 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 mental health support system doesn't see you as any different. Um, they're catered to your individual need um where the sort of impersonal side of things comes in i think is is higher up is you know the government i think that's why some parts of the mental health system get such a bad rep um but honestly i couldn't recommend any more. if you're in a really bad place um i I feel like counseling is the only really long-term thing that you can that you can use and it's it's ongoing it's not like you get a few months counseling you're fine <laughs> you know it's it's something you you do have to keep on tapping into um, yeah
1: you get as much out of counseling as you put in um so i've i've kind of held personally for myself when other people tell me that they're going to counseling i say you've got to put as much in as you can otherwise you don't get anything out of it if you go in and expecting them to just tell you some magical phrases that heals you, it's not going to work like that. You need to be open with yourself, open with them and put the effort in. And I think like counselling as a whole, it's almost like going to see your GP. You know, you can go with a wide range of problems. You don't have to just think you've got a mental health problem. If you've, let's say work's got really stressful for you and it's starting to get a bit much and you need to get that off your chest, you can go and see a counsellor. If someone you know has passed away and you need to talk to someone about it, you can see a counsellor. If you just feel that nothing's fun anymore, nothing's good, nothing interests you and you need to tell someone a counsellor again. And these services are quite, quite easy to get, get to find really.
0: Yeah. Um, definitely. I think this is, yeah, perfect. Um, to is perfect time to go into that last question i mean you've already answered it pretty well there but um yeah for an individual who's listening now someone who perhaps has never even considered counseling before someone who again because of how they see themselves how they think other people see them they may think that you know there'll be a burden or you know um there it'll be it'll be I, I don't know. Not help for them to go counselling. What would you say that practically um, the the steps that they can go that 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 they can they can yeah go through to to access the help that they need.
1: I think first off, you have to have the courage to notice that you need help and find it. Um, never never let yourself think that I'm you know, or maybe this issue isn't big enough for a counsellor because if you're at that point of thinking it it is big enough to go and see a counsellor. Secondly, depending on where you are in life, if you're a student, schools will have counselling services for you. And if they don't have one within the school, they can put you on to counselling services specifically tailored for young people. And that would probably be the quickest way to get in. And with schools, it doesn't cost you any money. You don't have to worry about your financial situation. You're good to go and get in there. Um, If you're an adult outside of a school or a uni, you then start looking at going to talk to your GP and your GP can get you referred to uh, mental health services or you can self-refer, which is how I got my latest uh, counsellor and therapist is I was talking to a counsellor and he said, I can send you an email to self-refer you to someone that will take this a step further because that was the kind of help I started needing. So I self-referred to the mental health and well-being services near my uni and two weeks later I was already having my first meeting uh, where they were working out what specifically it was I needed Uh, and and self-referrals are really easy, you just have to have 5-10 minutes of your day to go online, you put in all your personal details and then it asks you for specifics and it will give you a cheat and it'll ask you for scores like on how you feel about certain sentences so it will say sometimes I feel like I get no joy out of something I often feel like I get no joy or I always feel like it and you can try to choose on that scale as to where you land and this will help the services pinpoint you quicker to the right place Uh, and, and as I said it's really easy you just need that little bit of time to look for yourself
0: yeah, I think for for myself as well. I I'd say as well for anyone listening who, you know, is a student. I know what it's like you know you're strapped of cash. You don't you don't have much money to to be thrown around. And one of the other concerns that a lot of people have before, you know, going ahead with counselling or therapy is, oh, what if it's too much? You know, what if I can't can't afford it? And from my own personal experience, a lot of counsellors are very accommodating with that. Um, I know that for my own from my own experience my counselor knew that i was a student so he actually lowered his rates considerably um and also if you are a student your university counseling will be free um and same with if you're in you know if you're in school um so i i would say yeah don't let anything don't let anything like that be a be like a you know turn off don't let anything like that push you away from the system and also if you if you uh get a counsellor and you have a negative experience um because you know that can happen i mean certain personalities sometimes don't click and it's not a one-size-fits-all so you you do have to try and you know just don't let that impact your whole experience of of counselling as a whole um it it, honestly um there is a counsellor out there for you there is a service out there for you um and you just have to, you just have to persevere and keep looking. Cause like I said, it's not one size fits all and your personal, yeah, your individual situation. Um, there will be someone out there who is qualified, has decades of experience, you know, to, to help you. Um, and what I'd also say as well, I think there's three stages of severity when it sort of comes to this. So I think there are times when you do have to, I mean, there's been times in the past when for me personally, you know, it's just been a really, really low point. And in that sort of few hours or or whenever, when I've been really low, you know, there've there've been potential thoughts of sort of self-harm, self-harm or like suicidal thoughts um, using services such as, you know, uh, helpline Samaritans, uh, Mind UK, Um, again there's no shame in that at all and it's very nice um especially if it's sort of the early hours of the morning you know none of your mates are up or anything got no one to talk to it's very nice just having someone there to talk through your problems and and all I can say is it will entirely clear your mind um it's obviously not a long-term solution but if you're having a really severe episode it it's, it is you know it's a bit of a lifesaver so uh, I would say that's probably the, the 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 most severe level if you just need that really but but in terms of long term um you know actually understanding how your mind works how your mind reacts to trauma and things like that um counseling is a way to go and then i would say once you because yeah for a long time i was i needed sort of two sessions a week then it sort of lessened and then it was sort of you know monitoring the situation so i'd say um that's probably the second stage of severity and then when you do feel like you're in a place where actually i've i've got some very strong strategies to deal with this now um that's when perhaps you do it more on a sort of an ad hoc basis that's sort of where if the problem rises again that's when you get back into counseling um because yeah i guess the end goal is that you you know you don't want to become codependent you know with your or you don't want to become dependent upon upon the counselor but that is certainly they are such an integral stage to healing and and when when i say healing i don't mean treating an issue i mean learning how to deal with it and learning how to deal with it effectively um so yeah for anyone really struggling right now i'll just say the main thing is don't feel any shame in in getting a counselor um as the guest has uh, as our guest has, has, has said as well um there's an abundance of counselling services, mental health services. I'll say the first port of call, as 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 we've said, is your place of education or your workplace. Um, that's probably the most you know foolproof method. Um, also, again, uh, you know you can you can be you 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 can be picky as well if you're suffering a very particular issue. Um, say for example, say for example, you're 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 schizophrenic, um, and and you need a counsellor specialised in that area. Or say for example, um, for example, the 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 route that I went down. If you if you need a counsellor based on uh, trauma and you know abusive relationships, then you know you can be picky, and um, you need to find someone who you get along with and and someone who understands your your issue um firsthand um but yeah I I mean again I can't I can't I can't state it enough I mean we did a we did an episode in the first season based loosely around sort of counseling and getting help but I, I wanted to do a lot more of an in-depth one um because I feel like it's something that isn't talked about enough and there's still a lot of taboo and stigma surrounding it I still don't think it's seen as uh, I I still, yeah, I don't, I, I still don't think it's sort of spoken in the same breath as physical treatment, surgery, that sort of thing. Um, because at the end of the day, mental health is the cause for the, you know, the, the, the highest killer um, for men aged 25 to 49. So it is, it is just as severe, just as critical as say, for example, you know, heart surgery or, or, you know. Um, treatment for a life-threatening condition so yeah um, I don't know if you wanted to add anything more to that Um...
1: yeah I think you're you're right it is extremely severe and you shouldn't look over it and once you get in the door with counselling I say get in as young as possible if you've noticed something's up um, because then you you've got that root in there and if a counsellor feels like they might not be the right fit for you. They can do uh, what's called a referral and send you to some sort of therapist if they feel that's what you need because there's loads of different types of therapy to help with specific situations Uh, and counsellors aren't there to make money. They're not going to try and keep you and tag you along for as long as possible. If they feel like you need to be moved up to something that's better suited for you, they will
0: yeah um i think that yeah that was that's, that's been clear in my experience as well um i'll say pretty much all counselors they don't do the job um for the money and it, actually a lot of the time you know it's not a, it's not a it's not a stream of money it's 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 very sort of you know um sometimes i'll be getting a lot of clients sometimes they won't uh, most most counselors that i've heard of and seen it's all for their passion of helping people, and yeah like like you said um if there's a service which um perhaps you know costs more than them and it's someone not related to them, and they think that you would benefit from that more 100 percent, cent they'll 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 refer you to that um even if it means that they've lost a client, they'll have your your interests at heart um so yeah, thank you um for coming on today and and sharing your experiences um and yeah so i hope that for everyone listening you've got something out of that um and yeah that it's impacted in it's impacted you and and your own situation um if you think this episode has been relevant to you know uh, one of your family or friends and and what they're going through feel free to share it with them uh, so yeah thank you for listening and we hope that you join us for the next episode Bye-bye.